You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. I think most of us at the beginning of a year, I think most of us start off with pretty good intentions, don't we? I think most of us start off pretty excited about a new year. We start off, you know, with optimism, believing that this year can be better than the year before it. I think most of us at the beginning of a year are feeling pretty good about the year that is to come. As a matter of fact, I have a, a jar here, and this is a jar full of sunflower seeds. And this represents everyone who comes to a new year with good intentions. Th- this jar right here represents all the people in this room and, and in this church who really believe that they're about to do something special this year. They're they're, they're setting some goals. They're doing some things, right? This jar represents all the people who intend to have a special year. I got another jar. This jar represents the end of the year. It's currently empty, right? Because here's the truth. We don't really know yet how many people are going to get from this jar to this jar. This jar is people who at the end of the year will look back over the year and say, I did it. I accomplished the things I set out to do. I grew in that area. I changed in that area. You know, whatever it is, I made these things. I was intentional. This jar represents actions. This jar is the folks who will stand in front of God and other people and say, man, I fought the fight. I finished the race. Now, I think what we can probably safely assume based on my limited experience in this area, is that this jar is full of seeds. At the end of the year, if we were to see into the future, would this jar have as many seeds in it as that jar? What do you think? Substantially less, right? Because the truth is it's hard to get from there to there. It's difficult to move from intentions to actually doing something. And so what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks is how to live this out in your spiritual life, okay? Because I think a lot of us come into a new season. You're in church today, I believe, because you want some sort of change in your spiritual life. As a matter of fact, we're going to have a a gathering on January 22nd at 5 p.m., and it's what we call membership night. And we've been doing this forever, started last year. But but for us, that's a long, consistent tradition, okay? Uh, So so let me explain something real quick. Uh, Membership in this place works a little bit different than maybe what you've experienced in the past. We don't have some sacred piece of parchment. Matter of fact, like every time I meet someone, especially like kind of an old timer or whatever, and I'll say, you know, they say, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm obviously a pastor, you know. And they'll say, um, all right, well, tell me how many members you got over there. It's always the first question. Every time, how many, uh, how many members y'all running over there? And you know what I always say? Somewhere between 50 and 100,000. That's not even in the ballpark of accurate, but I know what he's wanting to do. He's wanting to find out if his church has more members than ours, so I just exaggerate to some ridiculous level just so we can end the conversation, right? I mean, what difference does it make? But like, we don't have this sacred scroll with everyone's name on. So what we do is a little bit different on an annual basis starting last year. We, we have everyone come into a night, and this is going to be uh, January 22nd at 5 p.m. So everyone write that down, January 22nd at 5 p.m. Everyone who wants to be a member of this church will come into this room. We will all bring an offering. We will bring, a, and this is biblical, we will bring a sacrifice of some sort. We will share in a meal together. The meal we will share in is Holy Communion. 
We will have worship, and at some point during this night, I will ask a sacred question. And the question will be, do you want to be a member of this church for one year? And all of you will agree by sacredly raising your hand. And then you're in. <laughs> That's how it works. Then you're in for a year. Now, some people say, well, well I think you ought to, I, I'm, I'm a, I believe in lifelong membership. Tommy, I, the one thing I'm passionate about, it's lifelong church membership. And to you, I would say, didn't you come here from another church? <laughs> I mean, 90% of the people in this room came from another church. So it's fair to assume that maybe lifelong church membership really isn't our thing, right? And so we're going to join for a year. And for one year, you will pledge to God and to each other. Uh, to be an active member of this local church. You will do what it takes uh, to, to, to forward our mission and God's purpose in this world through this place. And so my hope is on January 22nd at 5 p.m. that there is a room full of people with great intentions. Now, at the end of the year, how many of those people will look back, how many of those people will stand in front of God and each other and say, I fought the fight? finish the race. How many people do you think at the end of the year will be able to stand and say, man, God, I served you with the best of what I had. I brought you my best. I scratched, I clawed, I fought. I made this thing a priority. God, I was consistent in my desire to live out being a faithful member of God's local church. Less. I'm willing to say there will be less than will be there on that night. Now listen, you need both. You need the optimism but you also need the actions. And again, what we've learned is getting from this bucket of intentions, and this is true whether it's you know, exercise or, or dieting or relationships or finances or whatever, good intentions aren't really all that difficult. But living them out, finishing the race, something gets lost in the translation sometimes, doesn't it? Christy and I had a, a pretty, pretty crazy New Year's Eve this year. We opened an Excel document, and we planned uh, how <laughs> it was really, it was, y'all should have been there. Um, <laughs> crazy. But we had some areas of our life, Christy's my wife, and we had some areas of our life where we, wanted to, where we wanted to be better stewards financially. We had some areas of our life where we wanted to grow closer relationally, and we had some areas of our life where we wanted to improve as far as our health and all the, and so we made an Excel document, and we put these things in here, and, and we, we made a, a promise to each other. And then we planted some, some actions that we wanted to do. And then we uh, found some times where we're going to come back once a month and be accountable to each other. And the reason we did that is this. Because what I have found, and I think what you will understand and what we will almost all agree with, is getting from this jar to this jar is incredibly difficult. And to make that transition, you need three fundamental things that I just talked about with me and Christy. I think they're on the screen. The first thing you need is this. You need a plan, right? If you're just, if you think hope is going to get you where you want to be, let me ask you, how's that worked out for you so far? Man, I sure hope I'll get that promotion, but I'm not going to go to work today. <laughs> sure hope I'll quit smoking this year. How's that going for you? All right, and the second thing you need is action. A plan is good, but a plan with no action is a piece of paper. It's nothing. A plan without some sort of intentional action. And that's why when Christy and I put our plan together, we didn't just have a plan. We have actual actions, things you got to do. And the third thing you got to have is this. you got to have accountability. 
And I, I believe to get from this jar to this jar, whether we're talking about your life in church or any other part of your life, to get from this, but we're talking about life in church, and we're not just talking about your spiritual health as an individual when we talk about this, because we're connected, guys. Uh, your spiritual life was never meant to be lived out on your own. It was meant to be lived out connected inside the body of Christ. And so to get from this jar to this jar as a church and as individuals, it's going to take a plan, it's going to take actions, and it's going to take accountability. And I will say this, I cannot 100% guarantee success if you have these three things, but I can 100% guarantee failure if you don't. And you know why you're all nodding your heads? Because we've all tried to do life without these three things and we've all failed. If you want to make that move from intentions to living a life that matters, you got to have a plan. You got to have action and you got to be accountable to each other. It's a fantastic verse right here in a Matthew 13. It says, That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large, large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Others, other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on the good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. So here's, here's, here's what I believe first off. I believe God is, is the farmer in this, in this story. And I believe he has scattered good seed into this place. I believe God has given us, and this is something that must be settled in you. That God has given you everything you need right now to do what God is calling you to do right now. And should we grow and should we learn? Yes. But right now, God has given you everything you need to do what God has called you to do right now. And God has scattered seed in this place. He's given you stories. Man, I know the church I'm at. Everybody here has got a story, right? If you somehow snuck through these doors with no story, just stick around. Something will happen. <laughs> but we've all got a story, right? And God can use those stories. we got brains. we got brains in our head. we got breath in our lungs. We've got financial resources. We've got time. We, we have everything we need to do what God is calling us to do this year. Now, again, should we grow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got everything you need right now to do what God is calling you to do. The farmer has generously spread seeds into this room. Now, what will happen with those things? What will happen with everything God has given us? I know what, what happened, I love one of the things that says some of the seeds sprouted quickly. Have y'all ever gotten a word from God or something or you had something, you know, and you knew God was calling you to use it, was it your time or energy or money or whatever? God was calling you to use it in some way. And you, it, on, on day one, man, you were in it. Y'all ever been there? Day one, man, oh, I'm making a pledge. I'm in it. Day, I'm the stereotypical quick starter, guys, okay? When I get an idea, I roll. I'm ready, fire, aim. That's good until I see a squirrel. Right? And some, many of y'all are on the bus with me, right? Man, we have a group called Squirrels. That's how committed to this we are. Everyone could join. Don't feel alone. <laughs> but like, 
I mean, we're, we're in it, man. We're in it. Like, God, I've got this idea, and I'm going to do this in my year. And then, and then another idea. And then another idea. And then there's something over here. And then was that something shiny? And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we've accomplished nothing. Has that ever happened? Here's the other thing that happens. I like how it says some of the good seeds got choked out by thorns. You know what the thorns are in my life that choke out the good seeds? Pride, selfishness, laziness. God puts a word in my heart to do. And man, it's there for a second until I show up. And the selfishness begins to choke it. And the God, but if I do that, then I won't be able to. And the pride begins to choke it. And then, God, I would love to do that, but you have to understand how incredibly tired I am because I've played Fortnite for so long. And the laziness, <laughs> and the laziness begins to choke it. And so this good seed planted by the king of the world, designed to do something incredibly special, gets choked out by pride, selfishness, and laziness. But some seeds, it says, fell on the good soil. Some seed. Some seed fell on ground that was being cultivated with a real God-given plan. Some seed fell in a place where, where it actually found intentional actions that gave life to that plan. And some seed found people who were designed and willing to live inside of accountability. Y'all know it is okay for Christian brothers and sisters to hold each other accountable. It is okay for us to hold each other. Now, if I don't know you, do not hold me accountable because that's annoying, right? But like, if we know each other, if we're in relationship, then we should be holding each other accountable to what God has called us to do. But without these things, nothing will happen. Without these things, it won't happen. So what do you believe? What do you believe about the church? In this place, guys, we have a, a core vision and we're going to talk about the word core a lot. And, and the reason we're going to use the word core is because there are things in this house that we must hold on to that are crucial to what God has called us to do. That we are a growing and changing body, right? And, and, and I mean, well, let me see. Misty, you've been here for a long time. You were here in the beginning. Would you say this place has changed? Yeah, a lot, right? And with every new person who comes into this church, it changes a little bit because we are all part of a body. And change is good. A body should be growing. A body should be changing. But how many of us know not all bodily changes are actually good? Thanks. So. You're like, I don't know. Yeah, we all know. Not every change to the body is a change you want. And so we want to be a body that grows and changes while holding on to the core of who God has called us to be. And we have a core vision or a core belief in this place. And, and the core vision is this, and I hope someone knows it. Everybody needs Jesus, and everybody is our responsibility. That, that, that is the basis of who we are, is that everybody needs Jesus. No matter where you are, or what you do, or your financial status, or, or whether you're married or divorced, or what, it doesn't, black, white, it doesn't, every single person needs Jesus. And we believe that every single person who needs Jesus is our responsibility. That everyone who needs Jesus, that we should care, that we should pray, and we want to become a church that actually lives in such a way that it is obvious that we believe that everyone needs Jesus and everyone is our responsibility. Why does everyone need Jesus? John 17, it says this. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you 
For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So what we believe here is that there is no true life outside of life with Christ. And do you know why we believe that here? I would love to do another survey here. Let's do it. Just be a little bold today. How many of you came to Jesus because you tried everything else and Jesus was your last resort? Raise your hand. I love it. The rest of you are apparently all perfect. Good job. (laughs) Most of us tried a few other things before we decided to try this Jesus thing, right? Most of us tried to find life. Y'all know the song, we tried to find life in all the wrong places. Y'all know it. We looked for it in a lot of places, but it didn't work. And then in a moment of desperation, we looked up and said, okay, Jesus, you got me. And something happened, and hope began to sprout up. Not not immediately, because we were still living in our broken mess of a world that we created. Peace began to sprout up, and joy began to sprout up. And so what we believe in this place is... There is no life apart from being connected to Christ. And there's a cheap imitation of life, and that'll satisfy for a little while until you're alone in your bed on a Sunday night. And you look up at the sky and you say, God, the world thinks I have everything, but the truth is I have nothing and I'm miserable and I need you. And you know why I know that's true? The same reason you know it's true, because we prayed that prayer, because we were in that space. And so we believe that everyone needs Jesus and everyone is our responsibility. The next thing we believe is this. We believe that one of the primary vessels of bringing Christ to the world is the local church. Listen to Hebrews 10. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Guys, we are designed to do life together. We are designed. This this thing, this thing that we're sitting in right now, this matters. You and I are bound together or bonded together as the local church. We are the hope of the world. This is how Christ reveals himself to the world, through the local body of believers that you are part of. What we do in this space, what we do with one another, this whole thing. And I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about y'all and me, us together. This is God's instrument to reveal himself to the world. You're the solution. I'm the solution. And so let me ask you a question. Because this has got to be settled in you to keep moving forward. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? Do you believe that everyone needs Jesus? Do you believe that everyone who needs Jesus is your responsibility? Do you believe the local church is the hope of the world? And I know you've had bad church experiences. This thing isn't perfect. There's people in this thing. Guess guess what else is not perfect? Chuck E. Cheese, but we keep going back, don't we? We just keep going back. A lot of things in the world aren't perfect. 
This is not perfect because people are involved, but God is using an imperfect institution to unleash his perfection on an imperfect world. And you're part of that. You and I are bound together and belong together as the local church for the world. Do you believe that? Because my hope is on January 22nd, there is a room full of people who believe that. A room full of people who are bought in. Room full of people who believe this thing matters. Man, you're not here because it's Sunday and this is what you do. You're here because it's church and this is who we are. We are the church. It's not what you do. It's your existence. It's everything. This is the very breath of God for the world to see, and you're that. That's you. Do you believe that? If you believe that, how do you get from this jar to this jar this year? How do you get from believing it, from good intentions, to living it? Well, I've got an idea of how. There's three things that you can do. Would anyone like to guess what they are? Let's see. See, have a plan. That's a good one. What else could you do? Actions. Man, y'all are great. You're writing a sermon. What's the third thing you could do? Accountability. We will not get from this shore to this shore as individuals and as a church if we don't have a plan, if we don't have actions, and we don't have accountability. Hope will not get you there. Optimism, now you need those things, and I hope that God uses me and everything to, to fuel the flames of your optimism. But I hope we do more than just sit around being optimistic. I hope it moves to actions. That's got to have a plan. It's got to have, got to have actions. And it's got to have accountability. And so here, here's, here's what we're doing this year. And I'm, I am so, so, so excited about this. We are actually, we have created for you. Should, should you take this mission? Should you really want to be a part of this journey? Should you, should you decide that you believe that the local church is the hope of the world and you are part of this and your life here matters? Should you decide you believe that? We have created what you will get next week at the Connect Desk, if you want it, a planner. And in that planner, because our assumption was everyone needs a plan and our second assumption was probably everyone doesn't have one, which I think was a fair assumption, and so we've created a planner for your year here at Grace. For those of you who decide that you want to be members of this place for a year. And when I say a planner, there's calendar pages, there's note pages, there's explanations on how to live things out. There's places for you to make your plan. There's places for you to list out your actions. There's places for you to experience accountability for those who want it. Man, for those who want to build a fire, we are giving you matches, wood, newspaper, and gasoline. For those who want it. Now, I don't want to hear at the end of the year, well, they didn't give me the tools I needed. Yes, we did. We gave you everything you needed, and you poured water on it. That's not on us. We're giving you everything you need. And I am so excited about this planner because there are places uh, to, 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 to write down some goals for your life. Like, like if you believe... If you believe, if you believe, if it is settled in you that everyone is Jesus and everyone is your responsibility, if you believe that, then you will have the opportunity to commit to some things that bear witness to what you claim to believe. Like in the planner, there, there, there's, there's a page to write down some people who you think need to be here with you. And it's not, don't write, my neighbor, because she's snotty, she needs to be in church, you know. <laughs> don't, don't be that person. You know, just, you know, Maybe you were in Dollar General or Sonic or someplace and your heart just sort of, something in your heart when you saw that person just went doom, doom, 
Maybe you walked through a hospital the other day and you kind of heard something, just doom, doom, your heart just beat for somebody. Or maybe there's somebody on your mind right now, a coworker or a family member. One of the things you'll have the opportunity to do in this book is, is write their name down and pray for them. And some of you think, well, is prayer going to prepare me for ministry? No, prayer is your ministry. We exist to pray. And you'll have an opportunity to do that. We've got some core values in this place, and we're going to talk about them a lot over the next few weeks. And it's how we live out this core vision of everyone needs Jesus and everyone our responsibility. And the core values are knowing, growing, giving, serving, and praising. And because I'm talking about the church today, I want to talk about praising for just a minute. We believe that praising God through this place is not an option. We believe that praising God in this place together is what we have the responsibility and obligation of doing as the body of Christ. We believe, let me ask, who believes that what we do in this room matters? Just, just nod at me if you do. Okay, great, a lot of you. I'm glad you said that. Because in your binder, you're going to have a place to list all the reasons you will miss church this year. Go ahead and write down all the acceptable reasons you won't be here. I love this so much. So, so much I love this. And so if rain is your reason, which it is for a lot of you, just write rain. God, when it's raining, I will not be at church. Just write it in the blank. Write it in there. If, if when I stay up too late on Saturday night... I will not be just right. Be honest with God. Have a conversation. Be honest. If, if kids' sports are your reason, write my kids' sports. If, if the lake is your reason, write the lake. If hunting is your reason, write hunting. Whatever your reason is, write it in the blank. And you and God can just work it out. <laughs> I love it. This is so fun to me. <laughs> the other thing you're going to have the opportunity to do is commit to how many times you'll be here in a year in this book. In this book, you can write down, uh, there's 52 Sundays in a year, I think, right? Uh, you can say, you know, God, I'm, I'm, good for about, I'm good for about 25. Got a lot going on those other ones. Maybe. Just tell him. Just write down how many. And then we're going to ask you on a monthly basis to sit down with someone and be accountable. If, if, if Stan and I, if, that, if, that's, if you and I have decided that we're going to hold each other accountable, then you and I will sit down on a monthly basis and we will look at our book. And you will say, Tommy... You didn't do what you said you were going to do. Why not? Does that make him judgmental? You know what it makes him? A man who loves me. A friend. A man who's willing to watch my back. A man who's willing to call out the best in me. Now, if on my thing I've listed, you know, 29 reasons why I can't stand. Look, I said right here, uh, you know, when I'm in a poker tournament, if I win on Saturday night, I'm still going to be there Sunday. So it's, it's on my list. Between you and God. <laughs> but I think for those who will take this journey, I feel like God's going to do something special. We're giving you a plan. We're giving you actions. Do you, do you believe this? Do you believe that your presence in this place matters? Do you believe that we are God's instrument to rescue the world? Do you believe this is important? If so, man, for the love of everything, do something that bears witness to what you claim to believe. Take a stand. Let this be the year you stand. Let this be the year we live out what we say we believe. We are the church, and this year, by the power of the holy God, we will act like it. You are not in this place because you wandered in here. You are in this place because the sovereign king of the world 
has chosen you for something special. You are in, I, I know where you've been. I know what you're thinking. I know, I forget last year. We forget what lies behind. We strain towards what's ahead. You are in this room today because the sovereign king of the world has called your name. And you have something to offer. And you have something only you can do. And you have a person that I will never reach because your story will change them, not mine. I am the church. And they will know it by the way I live. You are the church. And they will know it by the way you live. And if we will take this journey together this year, we will change the world. And the church will rise. And the king will reign in this community. Guys, I'm all in. This is not what I do. This is who I am. Will you come with me this year? Will you take a stand? Will you be accountable? Will you live like the church? If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.